you can see Jim Joyce. I was I was waiting for the with excitement. <laughs> We're March first. Awesome, awesome. Believe it. Yeah, like we got a little bit of trend going on. We're getting the stun right. We're getting our calls in. We had we had Danny Craft last at last week or Doctor Doctor Craft Doctor Craft. That's right, Doctor Craft. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, can you believe it? This is yeah. This is the becoming the end of Q1 of 2023. Like, is that insane or what? Wow. I mean, just insane. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's. Been, I think for bo- both of us, it's been, it's kind of a wild, it's wild because the markets are kind of like the, the investment markets are kind of feel like they're a little choppy for digital health. And then the business climate feels like super active. It seems like there's kind of deal making everywhere. That's how I feel. There's, you know, there, there's always, there's always capital, you know, sometimes it's more constrained, but uh, for the right things, there's always capital. And of course, public markets and private markets sort of, you know, somewhat on one, one is lagging the other a bit, but um, yeah, I, listen, I know you're tight on, on time and schedule also. Yep. Um, sounds like you're in US. Uh, I feel like, you know, Maria and I just, I just came back from, uh San Mateo, DTX West, shout out, you know, Chris Goyne team. That was an awesome event. Great, oh, yeah. um, great stuff. And then I'm, uh, Marina and I are off this Friday back to US for like 10, 11 days. So we're heading to the ATA. We've had yeah. Mount Johnson. So that's kicking right. off this Saturday. Um, yeah, and awesome. a bunch of meetings. So anyway, you're in US, I'm assuming. That's that's your... Uh, US. Yeah. US, US. Virginia. US. Yep, yep. Awesome. Yep. Sounds good. Well, with that, let's um, uh, let's uh, let in. Um, I I'm trying to remember. I think I met Mike through John Halleck and team. So he's a ex Livongo, the super energetic. Look at him in this suit, no tie, <laughs> looking good. Mike, you guys met each other, I think, in Chicago. We did briefly in Chicago. Yes, it's good to see you both. How are you? Great. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. Is the uh, audio and everything okay? Let me try and make sure my screen's good, but uh, everything else all right? It's per- it, yeah, your hair looks great. It's perfect. I'm, it's I'm, like you got you the newscaster voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have that going on. People have told me my He's, voice is yeah. uh, my voice is comforting. I'm like, to everyone <laughs> but me, uh, I would have to agree. So anyway. So you are, don't like right. listening to yourself right. like podcast? If it, yeah, is that I what think it? to my wife, it's... If you, <laughs> I I dread listening to myself uh, speak, pitch, sell, record. You name it. It is a uh, it is it is a. It's not a paralyzing fear because clearly I've I've worked past it, but it's something I dread. <laughs> well, you know, really, with yeah. that intro, well, I that, think that's a I good think we all have point. a. Imagine yeah. where. Yeah, I, I'm that's basically good, I'm great with, as long as you that, go ahead, this back. <laughs> um. You know, so we got some tidbits already and data points about your fears. Um, but um, why don't for <laughs> our millions of listeners and viewers, why don't you yes. take us through your life story, Mr. Rolla? I was very happy to. Where um, I could I could begin a couple of ways. So one, it's great to be on. Uh, big fan of the of the podcast from at least the episodes I've caught here in recent months. Um, I you know for me I I'm. Uh, I'll start. I'll start professionally at least. Uh, at least. So my name is Mike Rolla, and I'm currently the Chief Growth Officer uh, for CCS. And prior to joining CCS, okay. I spent uh, a good while in the med tech and digital health space. 
uh, going back to 2003, where I began my med tech career with a company called CR Bard. Uh, that company was later acquired in 2017 by Becton Dickinson. Um, mm. And I held okay. probably six, six or seven different roles in that journey between uh, CR Bard and, and Becton Dickinson. Um, I can fill you in on any of those. It was uh, all uh, medical device, ICU focused, critical care, um, and urology, right? So uh, mm. Beckton Dickinson's obviously a, a global med device leader um, and a great company to grow up. Uh, I will say that okay. one of the one of the cultural things I learned quickly uh, in anything med tech sales is you know feed the eagles and starve the buzzards, and that was something one of my former GMs told me. Um, <laughs> you know, I better I, he told me in maybe a different way, but he said you better get used to it because uh, that's not going to go away. Um, and I consider myself really fortunate to have had some great leaders. And also uh, a lot of different experiences across like those seven roles. So for the mm. um, for the people that are listening, can we go from the eagle view uh, down <laughs> to kind of? I didn't say which one I was. I think when he I think when he said that it was like stop being a buzzard. Uh, you know, that's probably, uh, yeah. that was probably the innuendo there. You know, be more be more like that person rather than. Uh, Rather than, than yeah. you know, be a you know, I love that. You know, this one is making that. into the show notes, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've I've resigned myself to that immediately. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> as you said it, it's it, from, so, from the buzzard. <laughs> yeah. So, but where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Chicago, or did you grow up? Uh... No, actually, great question. Sorry, I, I can start there. So I'm I'm born and raised in New York, uh, Long Island, New York. Actually, I'm born in Queens, Strong Island, uh, and I grew up. Yeah, I grew up on on, on Long Island, um, and uh, I went to school in Pennsylvania. So I'm a, a Penn State uh, Nittany Lion for undergrad, and uh, I did my my business school work down here in Atlanta, where I'm currently based at Emory. So that is my ah, okay. my personal story. Uh, I have a, uh, yeah. a wife and three kids. Uh, they keep me very busy with all their activities, and uh, I took I took a gig with Bard uh, that I thought was going to be an 18 month uh, experience. Uh, that relocated me to Atlanta from New York. I was living in Manhattan, had no real desire or even curiosity to leave, and uh, had an opportunity to right. run training and development uh, for the for the division I worked at at CR Bard. They moved me to Atlanta. They said, "Hey, this will be a short term gig." Before I knew it, I was running global product marketing for one of our our, our business units, and then uh, fourteen years, fifteen years later, I'm still here. So one awesome. thing you've skipped with you yeah. know, not named the brand specifically, <laughs> right, um, uh, is the Livongo brand. So this is how I kind of, as you as I was letting awesome. you in, I met you through through, yeah. through Halleck. Um, and, yes. you know, I think yeah. some people uh, kind of describe Glenn, who we've had, you know, Garber on, we have Lee on, uh, we haven't had Glenn on here. Some people describe him as like a force of nature, yeah. right? Um, and so... You know, can we get into that, I don't know, five in the morning or four in the morning call with Glenn or like, you know, get let's get us some dirt here. Um, how was it to work for that man? So much, so much, so much trouble to get in and out of it that quick. Well, yeah, so I, I did leave. I did leave Beckton Dickinson and went straight to Lavonga, right? So I didn't I didn't leave that out. I was trying to keep chronologically. I know, I know. On the uh, on the Glenn side, you know, look that that experience um, it taught me I think more in a short window of time than anything I could have ever dreamed possible. Um, one thing, you know, Glenn Glenn is brilliant at at many things, and I would give credit 
not just to Glenn, but the entire Livongo ELT, because the assembly of talent that they had, um, it's unrivaled. I'll never, I, I, I don't mean to disparage anyone else I'll work with in the future now and past, but I will never work with that level of talent on average uh, at that level ever again. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And you recognized it quickly that you were among um, just some elite, brilliant, just wonderful people. Um, and that, that starts at the top, really. So it does start with Glenn being able to attract and be very specific about what he wants. Um, you know, Zane's vision, you know, for what Livongo became and how everything happened uh, wouldn't have been there. Um, and, you know, obviously Jenny and Lee, you know, two of the best at what they do. So, you know, I think it's when I think of Livongo, it, it like it sounds a little cliche to say people first, but it was not it was it was equal parts of the culture and some of the subtleties that Glenn was relentless about, um, as well as just the average level of talent. And uh, the stories know, on awesome. Glenn, you know, he, Glenn will, uh, I know what you want. To I'm not going to back off this one, but so, so Glenn, here's, here's, the, here's the good news and bad news. It's actually pretty straightforward. He will teach you more, especially as a commercial leader. Um, he'll teach you more than you may have ever bargained for. Glenn has a relentless expectation for just the straight up follow-up, how you communicate, level of detail, you know, things that I think are very much sales 101. Um, he's relentless about it. There's there's absolutely no question. Um, he does not hold anyone on his team to a standard that he doesn't you know do himself. Now, here's the problem. You know, Glenn is is literally a machine, right? So he's up <laughs> all hours. Uh, That's he will, right. He will get to you anytime, any place, any state, any any plane flight. You know, there's there's uh, there's nowhere to there's nowhere to nowhere to hide. Um, and if you accept that. Um, you know, you, you may, you may do well, you may hit a few bumps, but, but overall you're, you're going to make it. it. It's one of those, I awesome. accept this mission, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, and you, so, and you quickly learn what you're a part of. Um, and then you also learn that he's obviously wildly supportive. And like, the one thing I will say is like, you know, his nose is in it right there with you. So it's not again, something where he, uh, he ever passed that off. And, you know, I benefited right. also in, in working with Zane. Um, or for Zane, I should say, in having his balance, um, which, which frankly was was critical, you know, to all things. When you think about this, like, I mean, one of the things, you know, just coming out of, you know, when we bring people onto this pod, or we're, you know, running yeah. companies ourselves here, it's this whole this whole idea that how do you get modern digital health technologies distributed, right? You know, how, you know, the, the challenge of distribution, the challenge of, of, of sales, you know, whether it's salesmanship or just sales distribution or buy-in, what's your biggest, when you think of that experience, because that was like, that had to be like the kind of quintessential fastest scaling digital health opportunity yeah, by far. What's, what's, what's replicatable from that environment or how do you look at that? Well, that is uh, that is an interview question I've been asked at least twice, uh, Jim. So that, that's the that's the thing I think is like, you know, I, I wish I could I wish I could tell you the magic in a bottle answer, and I and I don't think it's any one thing. I truly mean that, right? So the ability Lavongo had, there's the talent right. I spoke of, and there was also the fact that Lavongo, right, you know, stayed pretty much contract path agnostic. That's by design. Okay, so we were able to go direct. We were able to go commercial. We were able to go ASO broker, um, you name it really. And and uh, when I say this, I don't mean it as it sounds, but like not to say Glenn didn't care, but he wanted all of those channels optimized so that we could have the fastest path to closing. We were a bookings and a deal-based ba uh, deal you know, company at the end of the day that was highly commercially energized. Right. So that was enabled by staying contract path agnostic. So that's probably the best way I could do it because there's multiple 
you know, there's multiple ways you can get there on the strategy side and market access, member marketing, enrollment. Right. Uh, Livongo, Livongo pushed the limits on all of those things, but it was staying, you know, contract path agnostic and creating a little bit, look, I'll be blunt too, a little bit of friendly competition within the org where we knew if, if you know, if direct to employer wasn't going to get it, there was a chance that commercial would or ASO and, and right. sometimes a blend. Um, that wasn't always easy to navigate, but it did lead to a, uh, a rapid, you know, level of right. adoption, you know, to your point. Right. So like the system. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's well, yeah, the, the system. So it was, yeah, it felt like it's, it's like deal first mentality, you know, versus, yes. Hey, you know, we're going to be purists and this is how we're going. We're going to crack this niche, you know, contracting opportunity. We, wow. Which, which yeah. is interesting, creating, right? Creating those pathways and then setting people after it. You know, I think it depends, I think, also on the progression and the stage of the company, right? Because obviously many startups are kind of told focus, 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 right? Kind of yes. conquer channel. Now, there's an aspect to this that, you know, if a product is scalable, you know, a product is a product is a product. And if you have the ability to turn these products on across the channels with the same level of effort, I mean, in a, in a hypothetical model, right? then yeah, yeah just right. you know channel agnostic right so right yeah and, and i think that's a great point too i don't know that they were all the same like some of the you know some things were harder than others uh for sure but the the push was to be relentless no matter what channel or what space that you were working in right and uh right. that'll always stand out to me <clears throat> you know like i said culturally what they built um rem remains unparalleled you, you'll never if you've worked you know, if you work for Glenn, you know, he's relentless about the consumer experience within healthcare, but also how he lives that every day and what and really what the entire leadership team, you know, demonstrated was, you know, member always started with a capital M. It was never a diabetic. It was a person living with diabetes. That's stuff that you just you learn it day one because right. everybody is doing it and you have to catch up. Um, right. And it's, it's a powerful thing. Right. That's awesome. One, yeah. one quick, so you spent some time in kind of medical device um, sales, Good bit. and then I want to sort of maybe contrast it a little bit into this kind of digital health stack, right? Virtual care, whatever, whatever the, the buzzword of, of the month is, um, but ultimately providing care. Can you contrast a little bit kind of the, the sales and medical device versus, you know, let's call it Livongo in this case, right? But yeah. So I would say that med device in its uh, legacy form is very transactional, right? You're looking at provider or surgeon or health system preference, and then you're looking to say, okay, how can I like remove the bumps in the delivery, you know, chain, right? Like how do I how do I get somebody what they need in the easiest way possible? So at the end of the day, legacy med device was super transactional. Um, it is very very competitive in a you need to fight for FaceTime. You need to fight for, you know, the ability to, to, to get mind share on the clinical side, and then you need access. So that teaches you a lot. As med device evolved, they quickly, or med device, I don't know if it's a they, but it, it, it quickly became apparent that data was the next frontier, right? So there's companies that were optimized in ways that I think they had never really even understood clearly how they were going to get from A to B, but they knew they had something you know, uh, call it the plumbing, the pipes, uh, if you will, and how they were going to get data to either an at-risk entity, the health system, or, or back to the providers themselves. When just listening to you talk about this, I think one of the things that I that kind of stress out all the time about is, is like, you know, is there 
you know, do you need to be a unique type of person to be able to close digital health tech deals, you know, because, you know, it's, it's innovation and it's new ways of contracting and, you know, can you take, you know, so obviously you did it, um, you know, but you got this great mentorship through the system that he yeah, created. Right. Yeah, but yeah. can, you know, can anyone just come in and do that or is it some weird, you know, <laughs> epiphany of, <laughs> of, of skills and experiences and yeah. quirkiness or something that brings you there? <laughs> yeah. That's a killer. That's a killer question right there. Um, and you mentioned like two of the things that still scare me now, mostly like, you know, contracting and how do you optimize for that? Because it, it's a, it's a moving target. You know, I'll be blunt mm -hmm. um, to walk it like a half step back. I think that how you understand uh, decision-making is most critical in a sense of, can you articulate where the dollar is, what takes away from it and what part of that is fixed, recurring, variable? Like you have to have a really astute follow the dollar type mindset, plus the ability to sell, plus the ability to get access and things like that. So, um, right. you know, for me, I went from med tech, which was almost all health system focused, solution based as well. We had, we had, you know, very modest digital health dreams when I left med tech uh, to Livongo, which was a, you know, and then uh, locomotive, right? Like that was right. full speed. Um, and then I spent some time in, in, you know, another digital health company before before joining CCS. So I've seen perspective now from employer to managed care to, you know, market access in a different way. I, I've I've learned these in phases. They're almost like chapters or, you know, chapters right. of an encyclopedia because I don't think I don't think there's any one that was more valuable. But I do think like you have to be able to, to talk to like where the dollar goes and why so that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're hopefully just saving somebody time. That's that's the consumerism of it all, all at the end of the day. Right. Everyone has tried, everyone has spent, and everyone has kind of pulled their hair out figuratively. Um, now you have to show them how you're going to save them a step in the process. Yeah, figuratively <laughs> for some. Um, he's a, but I wasn't even shot, but it kind of worked out. <laughs> I did. He's, a, he's very sensitive to hair. Yeah. Very sensitive yeah, to hair exactly. jokes. Very sensitive exactly. to hair jokes. I know. Just, it just worked <laughs> yeah. that way. Um, so before we get to CCS, because I am I'm eager to kind of dive in a little bit, you know, right. to unpack those three letters. Um, I do have a little bit of yeah. a juicy question. There's been a lot in the press, and I know Zane gave interviews on it, and I'm sure Glenn commented and questions around kind of that that meld of an acquisition by Teladoc of Livongo. Uh, you know, we won't talk about the stock price and the write-offs, but just you know, yeah, your I guess I'll broadly say your comments on this. Would you like to comment yeah, on this? Um, I, I, I think I mean I'm 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 open to that. I, I'd like to stay away from anything you know uh, uh, stock price related. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that I guess in a whole nother world of, of factors. Yeah. But you know, I, I will say this: that you know, the merger itself at the time, you know, Lavongo was in a was in a healthy spot, right? I thought, um, look, Zane Zane's comments, I think you know, very closely reflect my own, and 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 you know, they had just raised like close to half a billion dollars, right? Triple, di tri triple digit top line growth, right? So the company just became even a positive. It was concluding its first year of a publicly traded company. So Livongo had the right level of momentum. So then you look and say, okay, well, what happened? Um, culturally, you know, there was there was a difference there. It was palpable to, to many and there was not a lot of retained talent on the Livongo side. Um, and that that was that was a lot to process, right? I'll just kind of, I'll kind of put that yeah. out there. I think some of the things that were, you know, uh, overlooked is about as edgy as I probably want to get, but like, you know, the access Livongo was a deal based commercial engine. Teladoc is a subscription based gen med, you know, supplier. Right. And there's not to say there's anything right or wrong with either one of those models, but they are very, very different 
and right. how the work right. gets done, right. how you actually leverage, you know, one, one to, to get other, you know, decisions made. So what I mean by that is like, I think the cross sell estimations and things like that were, you know, presumptive that it was gonna be like, oh, well now I can get, you know, uh, two things in, at one store. And that wasn't right. necessarily the case, at least not right away. Um, you know, how that was all factored in, um, you know, has been well memorialized and discussed. But if you think about it overall, you know, Livongo in its existing trajectory was 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 moving at a at a rapid pace. Very well put. And for those who are listening, yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a great interview with Zane on this uh, as well. So there is, there is. It's, yeah. it's uh, I you know I think it's I think it's right to the point and uh, just not unlike anything else he does, incredibly well stated. <laughs> So let's get to CCS. Uh, just in a couple of minutes, sure. let's unpack. And what are you guys trying to do? And um, and and you know, is it medical devices? Is it digital health? Is yeah. it you know, kind of where, oh, where do you fall? Is, or all that of is the question. That is that is the question. Yeah. So CCS, to, you know, the the two minute spiel on this. It's a company I knew of for a while because we had actually hired some folks out of CCS when I worked at Beckton Dickinson, and we always had like really good salespeople, right? Like people that was like, hey, they get it. They have an extremely solid work ethic. Um, you know, just, you know, kind of that blue collar sales mentality that we love. So I thought it was a great proving ground. And that's what I knew um, when they had reached out via search and said, hey, we have a digital health or a health platform. I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. This is a home health, you know, distribution company at its core. Um, and then I started to look at like, you know, some more of the, the, the data and the depth, right? So they have uh, you know, close to 1,800 payer contracts, over 150,000 members on service, and they're getting over a million devices out to the home-based wow. patient per year. Wow. Um, and these are, um, I, I got to phrase this the right way. These are the members who are tough to get to. Right. They don't have access right. to the self-insured market. They're not access to the commercial plan. These are 75% government members, okay? Mm. So these are the members that when you look at like chronic conditions, because we're unique to diabetes, so when you look at chronic conditions, these are the members that other digital health and really all health plans struggle to engage with. Mm. So the fact that we had, you know, borderline monthly access to these members, I thought was particularly intriguing. The more I learned, we're able to deliver our platform, which is a blend of both analog and digital, because like, I think our mantra is we don't stop until we get the member on the phone, right? We, we are effectively what I would call the geek squad for diabetes devices in the home we get you we get you the devices we get you oriented we get you on therapy and here's what we don't do um that that i think where traditional digital health is starting to slip we include the referring provider in all steps we start like we start where they leave off it's a referral from your provider where that trust exists and then we're able to take that into you know all of the things getting the member on service on therapy track their condition and then we can even report back to the provider or the plan where they are um, if they don't reorder. Did something happen? Did they switch coverage? Or are they more than likely going to have, you know, adverse uh, outcomes that need to be addressed? Right. So that entire experience, you know, really for me was was one. Um, and then like two, I think is just a member acquisition company. You know, the the relationship that's built with these members because of the distribution that we do, um, we have like a net zero cost of capture. And that allows us to do a lot in the uh, care management space. So that that's why I'm the most excited about this model because independent of you know CCS the the letters, I think this model, um, at least from what I'm seeing, has got the right momentum and the right trajectory to to pick up where 
everything is crushing together on a point solution standpoint. What's the interface? How do you get access? How do you do enrollment? You know, CCS is able to get to 65% enrollment in a given population, retain 85% of it and talk to those members at minimum four to five times a year. And what you have to spend, you know, forget what you know about Lavonga, what you have to spend anywhere else in digital health to do that is not small. Yeah. And when you think of this, like, you know, it's wild and fascinating, you know, like, but it seems that like a 20 year challenge, right? Like migrating digital health tools into this kind of hard to reach, you know, population. Like, do do you start off with like some clever, you know, is there, where's the starting point when you're trying to engage those things and you kind of eat the roadmap or how do you think about that? Yeah, we, we need, you know, that's, you know, that's, a, that's you know, I got my product team. They're like probably stressing out just hearing me try to answer this. But, you know, here's, here's the thing. You need, you need care management that can pass the, the you know, table stakes. Right. And, right. and I feel that we're there. We we have our own platform specific to the to the larger paying uh, payers that we are contracted with. And we also have uh, partnerships with WellDoc and Z Omega when we have to go against um, different entities on the self-insured side. So we're we're there on the care management side. We have the distribution business that I just talked to, you know, talk about moving in a favorable way. And now we also need to look at utilization because that is the next frontier in, you know, getting these devices, like who needs it? What's going to happen with coverage as we see things shifting on like the CGM continuous glucose monitoring front. um, That's something that plans and at-risk payers are going to have to be very aware of in 2023. And, you know, I'd argue that the, the way that CCS has handled their past life, because Look, coming from home health distribution, there's been a lot of ups and downs in that journey. CCS is adeptly positioned to deliver a specific protocol to manage utilization to any payer, to any self-insured entity, um, or really a navigation partner at the end of the day. I think that that's one of the things we're most excited about. We continue to get a ton of outreach on that. That's picking up speed, um, as well as like product nuances. How would you handle gestational diabetes management considering you have the ability to bring in coaching and other lactation consultants, dietitians, other devices for RPM in the home. Right. Um, it's been it's been absolutely eye opening. Awesome. I, I just popped up. I heard the word coaching. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there's a look there's a there's a way if we scale on this that you know we talk again because frankly speaking, right now we do it um, we do it at the right scale for where we are, which is single IDN, small IDNs, and and you know regionals. Um, and I think that, look, as we start to push this a little bit, there's going to be the need to expand. So, so Mike, we'll, we'll end this earlier and we'll stick around for 15 minutes. Why talk later when we can talk now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just, yeah, exactly. Now that you got the real I'm just taking lessons from, uh, from you. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. you know, I'd love to continue unpacking, but I know Jim is kind of, you know, taken off soon or really need to. So let's get to your famous um, <laughs> last question, Jim, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. call it a, a day. So, so picture yourself, you're, you're heading back to, I guess, Penn state, right? You're, you're heading back to a Penn state football game oh, um, and you're meeting and you're meeting up with uh, some um, you're meeting up. You, you see a bunch of friends of yours that have also gone into the medical device space and the digital healthcare base. In fact, you see some of that, incredibly talented alumni teams that you had a chance to work with in the past and you're talking and and all of a sudden uh, from a distance this uh this this young uh, uh medical device uh xbd uh now penn state mba comes walking up to you and says mike mike you're mike that built the 
the you know you were part of the locomotive engine of some of the most successful applications of digital health in the world from yeah. from from ever. <laughs> she said if if and you you look at him, he says now I'm starting my own company and now I have to do the same thing you did. What's the one piece of advice you'd give me? Um, that's, that's a good question, and I would say, especially to the to the age I'd be addressing, I would say that the only superpower that really matters is eliminating distraction. I would wow. say that if you're able, if you're able to do that, it transcends whatever line of work you'll get into. I think obviously for sales and, and uh, you know, my world, it's, it's hugely significant, but even just in building a business, um, eliminating distraction is a constant superpower that transcends all things. And, and there's, there's more things I have specifically like, how you don't sell like a knucklehead, but um, I think that's, that's my, that's my, that's my, yeah, I, I can get into that, like, you know, why you're doing it wrong in sales. I could, we could, we need another hour, but I would say that, you know, that recognize, recognizing that that is something that if you develop becomes a unique superpower. Uh, it was a game changer for me and I didn't do it nearly early enough in my career. Awesome. Awesome. Ama amazing awesome. advice. Mike, thank you very amazing much. Amazing advice. Love it. And for those listeners and viewers hit that subscribe and see you next week. Great.